Is there anything different about what you're looking for from this spring game? Well, um, when I divided the teams, for example, if you look at those rosters, um, I would think that you'd see the blue team, for example, throwing the ball a lot, and you'd see the white team running the ball a lot. Now, even though I didn't, I didn't put James Sims uh, on the white team, I put him on the blue team. I think that offensively, you know, obviously one of the biggest things playing into the strengths of our two quarterbacks, you know, if Mike were to be the quarterback, it would be a run-and-play-action featured team. Okay, if Jake were the quarterback, obviously it opens up a whole um, set, of, set of passes that he would be more efficient in in the drop-back passing game. So we're going to try to expose both teams to that. And I split the offensive line up some where you'll see, you know, not necessarily a first offensive line and second offensive line, like a couple of the road graders are on the run first team, you know, so that it gives that team, you know, an opportunity to go ahead and run the ball with some efficiency. And we did similar things with the defense. It's not necessarily all first defense on the blue and second defense on the white, although there's a lot of, the, you know, a lot of those guys there. Okay, knowing the mentality of what the offenses are going to do as the, as the coach and staff's game plan, which they're going to game plan Wednesday afternoon for the game. That's when I've allocated them time to go ahead and do that. But, you know, now you have to plan with your defenses to go ahead and stop what they're doing. And I think that, you know, I think the most important thing is now I expect from where we were last year at spring to now, you know, to be some drastic improvements on both sides of the ball. And I'll be very disappointed if I don't see that, even in a spring game. Talk a little bit about the progression of Mike Cummings and how from the end of last year, specifically in the passing game. Well, Mike, you know, the strengths that Mike had last year, he still has, obviously. Um, he makes far fewer mental mistakes, which I think is a – which is a very good thing. I think that, you know, he has a much better understanding of of terminology. His presence in the huddle has gotten better, where before he was reading plays, now he's calling plays. There's a big difference. Reading plays is I call in a play, you go to the wristband and you just read it off. You know, calling plays is you go to the wristband, you see the play and say, okay, here's what we got, fellas, you know. There's, there's, there's a difference. You know, there's a lot of things he still has to work on, but I think that, you know, the team views him as somebody that they could win football games with. And I think that if they don't think you can win with you playing, then you really you don't have a chance at that position. What's the most encouraging signs that you'll have a better offense this year than you First of all, I think our running backs, which were our best position last year, are better by far this year. That's a good place to start. I think there were, we got talent and depth, and they're better, and they were already good. And I think that if you can run the football with efficiency, the passing game shouldn't be as tough as we made it look last year. We made it look difficult somehow, you know, but uh, I think that – you know, I think that 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 opens a lot of doors for that opens a lot of doors for us offensively. 
I've been encouraged with a number of things. Obviously, you've heard about tweaks with some personnel and some some things that we're doing, and I think we've put in we've put some playmakers in positions to to do some damage, and that's what we're hoping for in the passing game. More than a hundred starts going from three guys on the offensive line. Is it going to be tough to duplicate the, the run blocking, for example, that you had last year? Well, I think, to be honest with you, in a couple of cases, we there's a we'll, we should improve in the run blocking, in a couple of cases. Well, I'm not going to get into particulars right there, but your view of how they run block and my view of how they run block isn't exactly the same. You know, so I think that a couple of guys that, w that are involved here now, that is their forte. You know, their forte is run blocking. So I think that, you know, there's, there's a chance in a couple of cases that we could actually improve. How is the intensity level of, of the spring session this year? Well, there's been a lot more fights, and that's always a good thing. You know, there's a gray area as a head coach. There really is a gray area. You know, when about you know trash talking and things like that, because there, where's where's the line between discipline? You know that you know you you want to encourage it or loosen them. And I think when I allow them to turn it loose, which I usually do in scrimmage situations. You know, it, there's, I've talked about with them playing with a little bit of a chip on their shoulders. You'll hear, often you'll hear them talk about chip on their shoulders, chip on their shoulders. But I had explained to them really what that meant. I mean, and I think that if they keep on in the, in the path that we're headed right now, because I think we're a long way from getting that ornery, nasty, you know, nasty mentality across the board. But if they keep on improving the way they've been improving, I think that we'll be, we'll be much better off going into this season. Who are the guys you can count on to get in there and mix it up? Anybody in particular? Well, I mean, Chris Morton's the trash talker of trash talkers. And we have a guy from Memphis slash California coming that is the, the king of the trash talk who is not, not yet on campus. I know he's going to be the biggest trash talker, and he's not even here yet. You know, so uh, there are some guys, and you want to know something? That's been missing here somewhat. You need some of those guys, believe it or not. I think that any good defense has some, has some trash talkers on it. Every good defense I've ever seen. Okay, and the same thing offensively. I mean, you know, I, have, I have a candidate or two that I think – on the offensive line can fall into that position. But Austin, to tell you the truth, right now they're worried about just learning the plays right now. I mean, they're not worrying about getting to that mentality. Once we get to the point where they know what to do, I think there'll be a couple of them that will have no problem turning it loose. Oh, Brian Cox. Lawrence was a pretty good trash talker now. But, you know, he didn't have to, you know, he, he, he was – my rookie year, you know, I'm there dealing with Lawrence now, and that's a pretty good trash talker there. That's a pretty good one to emulate. But I think Brian Cox, he was right at the top of the list. He was a guy I absolutely hated going against when he was with the Dolphins, but when he was on our team, he's my man, you know. You know, 
I saw him turn, I saw him back down an entire Cleveland Brown team. They 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 were notorious one year of, during warmups of uh, when they came out for warmups running right through your team. And he he stood right where they were at warmups and challenged the whole team coming out saying one guy goes to him it's going to be him and them. And they ran right up the sideline, went down the other end, and went and did their warm-ups without ever going through our, through our line. One guy. Wasn't surrounded by another 10. Pretty good stuff. I, I, of course, I was there because I wanted to see it happen. <laughs> Absolutely. That number 12 in New England, he's really, I'm really proud of how he's learned how to trash talk as he's gotten older. Now, he was this mild-mannered California boy when we first started with him. You know, now he blames me for being a gutter mouth. You know, I mean, I don't know how I got, you know, how I would be ever accused of that. But he is a trash, he is a trash, those quarterbacks that trash talk, you know you, you got something good when you got a trash talking quarterback. That's pretty good. I guess, uh, which specific players would you say has improved the most since the last time we talked to you? Oh, you, there's so many guys that have improved a lot. You know, why don't you? It'd probably be easier for you to give me a guy and, and for me to tell you. Give me a guy, and I'll tell you what I what I think. Go ahead, give me. Well, Ben Heaney early in camp, I actually was a little disappointed with. I think he uh, he felt good about that he had a zillion tackles last year. I reminded him that he had a zillion tackles on a team that went 1-11, trying to bring him in its proper perspective. But I think as of late, he's been on a, on a very, very big rise, playing clearly above everybody else at the position right now. So why don't we just talk about, you know, where you would all assume, because he was a starter last year, that, you know, that, well, he's just a fixture. And early in camp, he really wasn't playing very well. But that's changed, and he's really... You know, he's really tied a few good ones together. We talked last time we saw you about a few mental mistakes early because you hadn't moved guys around much, but you said that was coming. Um, any notable changes depth chart-wise <coughs> or position-wise or anything like that? Give me a position. I've, there's a lot of – there's been movement and there will continue to be movement, but I, I kind of know where we're – how this is all going to end up. You know, um, for example, Smithberg was strictly a guard. He'll probably be playing center. I'm using that as an example. You know, but uh, there's we'll we'll wrap it up here. You know, we only have a couple of linemen coming in. You know, one JUCO, one high school kid that aren't here yet. Um, but we kind of we kind of know where we're gonna we're going into camp. We know where everyone's going to be settled in position wise. There's still a little because you have. A couple fresh bodies coming in, a little competition yet to take place, but I feel that we have a pretty good understanding where we're going to head into August. You know, with the offensive line. Did that in junior college, played center. Uh, he was more naturally a center. See, the thing is, when you come in here and you have to make all the calls, he's one of those guys. We're, I was talking to Austin about. Okay, when you come in here, he's worrying about just making the calls right now. He's worrying about the, getting a quarterback center exchange. Okay, but he's one of those naturally nasty guys. But right now he can't play that way because he's just worrying about the, his assignment on the play. 
You know, because when you first come in, you put him at guard so he doesn't have to make those calls. But now he's he's kind of slid into center because I think that, you know, we have some physicality at the guard position. And it gives us a chance, when we were talking about before about being physical, you know, we have a, we have a chance of being have, throwing out a pretty physical offensive line out there. Can, can he make significant progress, uh, you know, May, June, July? At that position, just being uh, on the field? <clears throat> well, I think that the first thing that Heaps knows, his biggest assignment is helping to, uh, help him work with the quarterback center exchange and those type of things w with the centers. So he, Jake and Michael together with, with the centers will work. And I think that any, any, anything that has to be ironed out now can be ironed out before we get back. Now, as far as... The game itself, I think once he doesn't have to worry about all those type of things, then you could just go out and play. What about left guard <coughs> Mike to center? Who's taking over at that left guard? Mike was at right guard. Who, who's taking well, over? now I'm using – it's really if I, if I had to pick, pick two guards, okay, pick two guards, they would come from Nalu – and a combination of, of Damon Martin and Randall Dent. I mean, which all three of them, believe it or not, are really all really three physical physical players. That's that's all their deal. Their deal is that they're all physical they're all physical players. What about Randall? I mean, how's he progressing? Actually Randall's been running a lot of ones here in the last week. So, you know, he was sitting there he was sitting there at twos and Who's pouting a little bit, you know? Who's pouting a little bit? But he was there for a reason, and he's he's run a lot of ones here in the last week or so. How much physical are you across the board every position? <clears throat> well, remember now, I let me just just reiterate the fact that I still got you know seven JUCO kids coming in on defense. That aren't here yet. That that I think that all are in the mix, first or second. So all the stuff that I got going right now, I see all these guys coming in being ones or twos. And some and a lot of them I could see being ones. Okay, now it's a little different on the offensive side of the ball. You know, from the two linemen coming in, well, I'm expecting help. I'm expecting help from at least one of them. Okay, the quarterbacks. We're gonna have to wait and see whether or not they can close the close the gap. I mean, tight end co coming in there. We'll have to see whether or not uh, where he can compete here. Now, the receiver position. I'm 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 counting on help with the guys coming in. So it all depends on the position, you know. And not to mention the fact that you know we had a kicker coming in that I think is pretty good. McKay and Matthews. Last time you said they, if you had to play that day, they they would start. Have they held that? If we had a play today, they would start. More about them and what they've done? Or, or both McKay them? reminds me of McKay reminds me of Keyshawn when I first got to the Jets. Routes are always a little short. Okay, not the fastest guy in the world. Okay, big, strong, tough. We'll catch, every, catch everything you throw to him. We'll block anyone. With, phys with physicality, okay, a lot of times his routes are a little short because he doesn't have confidence that he can get there, 
okay, but he reminds me a lot of Keyshawn. So, I mean, Keyshawn was the first pick in the entire draft, you know, coming out right there. He reminds me a lot of Keyshawn. They even wear the same number. I mean, but he reminds me, he reminds me a lot of him. Christian was probably the most pleasant surprise. You know, now Christian, we started off, remember, as a two, so it wasn't like he had a long way to go. But he's clearly played better uh, than, than the other receivers. And the guy who actually has been on the rise for the last week and a half has been Trey Parmley. Trey Parmley, you know, we, we challenged him. Remember I said I had a lot of incomplete guys? Well, the, the thing we challenged him on was, you know, he's young, okay, and a lot of times when you're young, you're not real physical. And we challenged him on his physicality, and he's been significantly improved over the last week and change. Jumped out the most in the uh, secondary. Well, the guy, the guy who makes the least amount of mistakes that shows up every day is is Cassius. Okay, but I like the improvement that Jacory's made. Okay, and McDonald, he can cover he can cover anybody. You know, so and once again, there's another position now. Remember now, we got three DBs coming in. Three, you know, I mean, we got three guys that can that can all play. I mean, this this secondary, is, the change from last year's secondary to this year's secondary, I mean, is going to be is going to be probably as dramatic or drastic as any as any position on the team. Safety of Johnson, but you also have Shaw and Allen. How are they developing? And I, we like both Shaw and Allen. You know, the thing is, Isaiah is, Isaiah is more range than all those guys. More. Range. You know, as a safety, you need to have range. That means cover sideline to sideline. You know, Isaiah is a sideline to a sideline to sideline guy. Is that a speed issue or an agility issue, or how do you? What makes? No, I'll see. Normally, in the olden days, they would have a free safety and a strong safety. You know, by nature, both of those guys are more the strong safety mode. You know, Greg might be a little bit more the free safety mode. Okay, but by nature, they're both more in the strong safety mode. Now, there's, there's good and bad with that. Good because they bring a lot of physicality. Bad that they won't have as much range. And so that's kind of where we are with those guys. We saw at the open practice that you worked on special teams a lot. Do uh, you feel pretty good about your return game? Well, first of all, you don't get very many kickoff returns. Okay, that you know, all of the other teams manage to get a lot of kickoff returns. You know, we we you know, you really don't get too many of them. So really, the number one thing is punt return. And it's and the one thing that you have to the game has changed now, Matt, because with spread punt that everyone's using right now, it isn't like the NFL when you only can send two guys down. You know, in the NFL, you only can send two guys down. So if you can block those two guys, okay, and, and you catch the ball, okay, you got a chance to make make plays. Here, everyone can go right now. So you spread. So you spread the whole field. The, ball, the ball's punted. You have instead of having two guys down there, you got you you got seven guys down there. So you won't see very many teams in college have have big yards on on a return game unless a kick either overkicked his. It overkicked it, 
or hits a line drive. You know, you won't see a lot of big returns by the nature of the culture of how teams are punting the ball these days and how most teams have a, a kickoff guy that 50% of the time, you know, you're, you're starting a ball on a 25. Well, I mean, the guy, you know, Aslan's been solid the whole camp. You know, um, Lewandowski's a better pass blocker than run blocker. Okay, by girth alone, which he continues to get better. Um, but we've actually had two pleasant surprises. And Riley, Riley Spencer has played himself back into the mix, which uh, – I didn't know if that was going to happen, John, to be honest with you, because I hadn't seen it early in camp. But his last couple practices have been clearly his best. And to be honest with you, the other guy who I really thought would be a far much further away is Beckman. I thought he was much further away than, than where he is, but he's actually he played like 45 reps the other day in a scrimmage, and he played he played tackle, and we played him a little bit at guard too, and – he he's actually shows a lot of promise, to be honest with you. Is there anything to you would like to see from, from Jake? What would make a good day for him on Saturday? 20 for 20, 300 yards, a couple, bunch of touchdowns. Now, that's, that's as the offensive coordinator for the blue team. As the head coach, there are a lot of negatives, what I just said to you. Because now I'm worrying about those guys playing defense over there that they're going against too, you know. So, uh, you know, I'll be the head coach that day. So that'll make me, one side of me happy and one side of me saying, oh, we, you know, we got a problem here. How much involved will your running backs be in the, in the passing game uh, this Saturday? Depends on which running back you're talking about. He'll be very, very, very involved. Pardon me? How is, this, how is his role on the team evolving right now? Very well. You know, obviously we have big plans for Tony. You know, we have big plans for Tony. We didn't do all that research on Devon Austin for nothing now. I mean, this is a copycat business. All those people who try to act like all their ideas are original, they're all liars. Okay, because when you get somebody who's doing something that's really good, and you have somebody that you think kind of fits to, fits that bill, then you go study them and you say, "How are they doing this? How are they doing that?" You know. Now Tony is clearly still the most dynamic running back we have. Okay, the only problem is he might be the most dynamic receiver we have as well. I mean, Tony's not a guy that we can detach, and he's just a running back. He is a definite pain in the butt for the defense because they really don't know whether to call him a running back or a wide receiver because he's, he's shown in a short period of time that he, can, that he can play detached from the backfield and run legitimate routes and catch the ball. And most importantly, he can get open. And as you know, last year when we were playing, that was an issue for us. But he can get open. And... You know, that, that gives you a chance. You know, talking about your day Chiefs, it sounds like you're talking about Dexter McCluster a little bit. Yeah, but Tony's faster than Dexter by a significant, significant margin. You know, I think that although Tony's got toughness, I mean, hardly anyone was tougher than Dexter. 
I mean, I love Dexter coming out because he was a tough pound for pound. I put Dexter with anyone. Now, Dexter was quicker than fast. You know, Tony's, Tony's fast. I mean, Tony's in, Tony's in that 4-3 that four three and change range where Dexter's that 4-5 guy. So two-tenths two tenths is, you know, that's significant. I would take Dexter, too, if you want to give him to me. You know, I, I think, I think we'd, we'd get him in there. Talk a little bit about your some of the freshmen and some of the guys who might, whose names might pop up on Saturday. Obviously, you talked about Colin Spencer. Well, I mentioned Beckman. You know, I'm not I'm not saying that Beckman's you know challenging for a starting job right now, but I mean I've been very encouraged. I've been I've been very encouraged with Beckman. I've been very pleased with the way it's going. Like I I, I talked about Trey. You know, Trey played last year out of necessity, not out of want. In reality, Trey was a perfect, would have been a perfect redshirt candidate last year. And to be honest with you, if he wasn't, you know, wasn't sitting as our third guy right now, you know, I'd be contemplating it now. But he's one of the guys striving to get on, striving to get on the field. And you talk about guys on the defensive defensive side of the ball. Courtney Arnick's been running, you know, almost a whole spring, you know, sitting there with the ones. Now, physically, he's going to have to get bigger. Okay, he's still a bit undersized. Okay, he's got he's got very very good athleticism. And we mentioned those two safeties before, both Greg Allen and and Tevin. I mean, those those two guys are as physical as anybody as physical as anybody we have on our team. You know, so just going through there, you know, there's a there's a number of guys right there that you could see. And that doesn't doesn't even include Jordan Shelley Smith, who who's been one of the bigger, most pleasant surprises here too. Because right now he might be our best blocking tight end. He he might be. And when he, we started recruiting, him, he weighed about two fifteen. You know, all he thought he was going to be was a pass catching tight end, and he's bigger than everybody. You know. I mean, Smiley's been out all spring, so we'll have to see what happens because he's about ready to go now as the spring's over. And he's going to have his work cut out for him to beat that guy out because he sh that kid showed up. I mean, obviously, Jamey's the guy, but, you know, you don't, we don't play with just one tight end. Most football players are very broad-shouldered. Tony, does, he seems more narrow. Does that work to his advantage because he's harder to, to catch or? No, I think that I think just Tony, Tony's just a fast, quick, athletic, you know, football player that's got very, very good skills, and on top of everything else, Tony's got very, very good football intelligence. You know, he's there's two different types of intelligence. You know, everyone comes across as if they present themselves well, but he has very good football intelligence. Once you tell him something. He's got it. Offensive line and defensive line so far. Uh, as a collective whole, who's been kind of winning the majority of the, uh, the battles? I think the, the guy who's been the best two players on our collective lines have been Keon Stowers and Chris Martin. Keon Stowers has been ruining practice, which is a good thing for the defense. And Chris Martin... I mean, we can't block him with one. Did you say ruining practice? 
ruining practice. What that's what right. you mean by that. It means he's in the backfield every time you turn around. I mean, he's he's off he's off the ball. He's lightning quick. He makes plays. He plays with enthusiasm. You know, he's infectious to be around. But you no, know, he's he's been as good as they as good as it gets. Christian Matthews had a couple big spring games here. Last year, you, know, you made the joke about us wanting to put a statue up for Michael Reynolds and what he did. How much do you evaluate what, what guys get done in this game and, and you know, what kind of weight does that hold? Uh, stats mean absolutely nothing to me. Um, but how they carry themselves mentally, physically, emotionally, psychologically, that means a lot to me. I like the way, you know, if I, I'm sitting up in a box and I see people not paying attention, like I'll look at things that you're not looking at. You'll look at the game. I'll look at the guys who aren't in the game. Are they paying attention? What are they doing? You know, you know are, they, are they just goofing off on us? There's a lot of things I'll be looking for different than you're looking for. But I think there's a certain way good, play, good football players carry themselves and good football teams carry themselves. For example, we had this long scrimmage on Saturday. One of the things I really liked during the scrimmage was the enthusiasm on the defensive sideline. Now, I'm, I'm calling the plays, okay, and I'm sitting in the golf cart behind the plays, and offense is on the other side, right? But I noticed, the, I, I, I felt the enthusiasm on the defensive sideline. Now that doesn't mean that they were winning the scrimmage, but I felt the enthusiasm, and those type of things, those type of things are important to me. I do the confidence in the kicking game as low as it can get. Where's where's that at right now? Do you know Trevor Perdula? Good. So have I. <laughs> He's lifted my spirits. Let's just leave it at that. Let's not go any further than that right now. He's lifted my spirits. Are these typical spring game rules, are they modified for this particular Well, you don't want kickoffs because there's too, many, too much chance for injury. The punt team, you have hold up so that you can get all the guys that don't play very much. You can get them in there without having to get a punt blocked because the punt team is the special team you have to spend more time time on that anything because getting a punt block is the easiest way to lose a game so by not allowing them to rush the punt let just making them hold up what you're doing there it's not to take away punt return so there's some guys that won't play a lot in the game I want everyone to play in the game some kids parents come to the game for the spring game I want them to play I don't want them to see their kids stand on the sideline the whole time and not get in so really what are you doing you're taking the threat on special teams away on punt and kickoff and field goal. You're still going to have field goals. You just turn it into non-threatening. But other than that, on offense and defense, it's going to be full go. And even the quarterbacks are live if, they, if, they, if, if they're out of the pocket. So you'll notice down there, uh, one of my rules was about red shirts, right? Red shirt, uh, protect the quarterbacks in the pocket only. Okay, so if they're going to drop back pass, Okay, and there's a runaway blitzer, we'll blow the whistle, and that's the end of the play. But if they're running an option, they're a full go, just like everybody else. You mentioned football's a copycat sport. 
you got a Justin McKay that reminds you a little bit of Keyshawn. Do you go through your own head and think about plays that worked with Keyshawn that you might duplicate? You you do some of you, you do some of the things you did with with him. I mean, for example, let's talk about getting off the line of scrimmage. You got press. You got press getting off the line of scrimmage. Now, do you realize there's about you have about four or five different ways of getting open if a guy comes and plays you bump and run. Bump and run. You know, everyone thinks that there's you know, just one, one thing. I mean, there's about four or five different ways. Okay, one of the ways you get open is you'll hit him right in the mouth because the last thing a DB expects is a wide receiver to come off and hit them in the mouth. And that was one of the things that Keyshawn used to do, and Justin's been practicing it, and he's pretty good at it. Well, I mean, with the rules, these actually, 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 you could, actually, you can't, but you could. No, I mean, you just you and you would have just taken your helmet and hit him right under the jaw. Okay, and it usually had proper effect, but now they where you can't lead with your head, you know, at just about any position known to mankind. You can you can come off and it's called a block release. You know you come off like you're going to block them before you go ahead and release. And there's different guys that use different ta different tacks. I mean it depends on who you are. We talked about Dexter before. You had Dexter and you have Dwayne Bow. They don't they don't use the same tack to get to get open. Dwayne's a taller, slower guy. Dexter's a smaller, quicker guy. You use a different tack to get open. It isn't like you use the exact same thing versus the exact same coverage. When all possible, that's what he'll try to do. See, I've been with him down in Florida the two two years ago. That's what I what he is exactly what I thought he'd be. You know, he's a wired for sound, a wired for sound. You know, the player's getting a little used to him, his energy. But, you know, a lot of you guys have, you know, talked about, you know, Blasco. I mean, they're very, very similar. Just one's on the offensive side of the ball and one's on the defensive side of the ball. Knowledgeable, I mean, student, you know, well-received by the players, tough, but then again, energetic, you know, high-fiving when, when the time's appropriate. I mean, I think he's, I think he's, I, he is a chance to be really good. He really does. He has a chance to be really good. Don't tell him that. <laughs> you mentioned Blasco. You've got a lot of Juco recruits, and he covers states that have a lot of Juco's what qualities made him successful in helping to get those guys? Did you agree with that? Well, I mean, being around him, you know, 18 hours a day for a year, you know, which basically who I was, but basically with the kid 18 hours a day. And when you're with somebody that much time, you, you get a feel for what you're going to get. And he's, he's exactly what I thought he'd be. I, that's what I expected from him. I would have expected nothing less. You know, and I expect, you know, very similar, you know, results from Vestal at the same time. 
when you're around people that many hours, you usually, you know, you don't miss too many times. You know, you miss when you don't know them and you hire them, not when you do know them and you hire them. Does the energy ever get annoying or do you just realize it's good for the program? When I, when I want to tone down the energy, I usually don't have too much trouble. All right, what else? Are you guys, all, you're going to miss me now. I mean, it's, gonna, it's almost over. Saturday, we're just going to talk about the game a little bit, and then we'll have the MVPs that you, that you I think they pick them, right? So good, you picked them. You can talk to them. I don't want to talk to them. But, you know, Saturday, the game will be over, and I'll go down to the locker room and talk to them a little bit, and then I'll come right up and, and, and do the stuff with you guys, and then we'll get them up here, and we'll wrap this up, and we're going to be in for a week, and then we're going to hit the road recruiting. Michael Reynolds um, does have some a lot of talent, it seems like, at times. Has he gotten better with consistency? Well, like the other day in the scrimmage, he had a, he had a couple, two sacks, two and a half sacks in the, in the scrimmage. His problem, and he knows this, is inconsistency. Some days he'll look really good, some days he'll look really bad. And, you know, we're moving towards... You better have more good days than bad days because we can't get you involved. We can't get you involved until you become a more consistent player. Well, first of all, I can't go see anyone myself. Okay, but we will, you know, we will use every visit that we have humanly possible. And one of the reasons why I changed this schedule and moved the game earlier is the JUCOs have spring games usually that usually the end of April, you know, end of April was when they're wrapping up, you know, their springs. And because we didn't finish till the end of April, we didn't get into any of those schools. And now because we've hit them pretty hard, it gives us the, our first week out, we'll go heavy, heavy, into their last week of, of junior colleges. And then the first week in May, we'll make sure we're, you know, we're covering all the areas that we need to cover. Obviously, our high-density areas where we got multiple people in, okay, but we'll go out on the road for two weeks, then we'll come off the road for a week, then we'll go back on, back on the road for two and a half more weeks. So we'll utilize every day that we're allowed to go out and every visit we're allowed to go out you know, we'll be out there in, in force, and we kind of have the plan already set up. You know, every once in a while there's a change on the fly. You know, for example, you might be going to see somebody, and, you know, it might be 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and they just committed to so-and-so, and you were going to their school to go see them, and they just committed to so-and-so and said, don't bother coming. You know, so you might all of a sudden be in the airport, making a flight to go somewhere else to go see somebody else or, you know, go get in a rent-a-car and, and, and driving you know, 120 miles to go see go to a different school because that one just went by the board. So, you know, you have to be a little bit flexible. Of the guys you have here now this spring, uh, do you have enough depth at outside linebacker and who have been the most impressive guys in that? Well, remember now at the outside linebacker position, we've been run, we've been running, basically, you know, Arnick and um, and Mora, but you know we had 
you know, we got Jenkins, Moore, and Ash both both coming in at, at a play that the same position. Okay, just like at Buck, even though we we got four guys there, we got we'll probably start Goez over there at that position when he first gets here, because his best thing was, you know, outside linebacker as a pass rusher. Now physically, he could play inside linebacker. Okay, so but the first thing you want us to do in this league is learn who can play on the edge. So, you know, we have some candidates coming in to add to what we have right here to see who can play on the edge. And that's not in, even including taking some of these DBs and putting them in those positions as well. We might be playing a whole bunch of DBs. We might be going from no DBs to putting seven of them out there. I mean, because there's a lot of them that we think can, we, we think we got some DBs that can play. I, didn't, uh, I was much more concerned, much more concerned at this time last year about where we are than I am right now. Of course, I'm concerned about everything, but, you know, having candidates to compete, I'm, I'm not concerned about. Is there one unit or position group that you're more concerned about than any other? Well, I mean, on the surface, on the surface, uh, Let's say from your perspective, okay, it would either be offensive line or wide receiver. That would be the two that, that you guys would say. But you remember now, we just had this conversation about Tony. I mean, you have the whole game changes. The whole game changes when Tony's involved in that mix. I mean, because now everyone's battling for second. I mean, so, I mean, everything, the whole depth chart really changes when you add a, the possibility, and you don't know when he's going to be in the backfield or not be in the backfield. That's, you know, that, that gives a chance for us to be creative, too. But I think at the wide receiver position, we have some people coming in that we think have, have a chance to be very competitive to, to help us play. And at the offensive line position, I think that we have a pretty good idea where we're heading with this one. Found a home finally. Well, he's he's he had he's had some production, you know, but he he's never really he's never really been looks to me completely full speed. Um, we'll see how it goes right there. You know, he had a big play in a scrimmage the other day, where he, he stripped the ball and picked it up and ran it for a touchdown. I mean, you know, it's always good to see a guy make plays when, but uh, he's going to have to show me a lot more than that. Injuries coming out of the spring, like maybe Tyree Williams. Well, Tyree, we just was. Do we do do we do this uh, a surgery or not do a surgery? So you know, we went back and forth to do it, not do it, to do it, not do it, and we decided because it it it, it meant that if we had it done then, he'd be ready by August. You know, you always when you do something then, you're always doing it because, well, let's do it now because he'll be full speed by full speed by August. That's the only reason why you do it. Sometimes there's things that you can do, you can choose to do or not do, but then time frames come into, come into play, like would it be beneficial to do it or not do it? In his case, we just decided, he and I had a long conversation, and you know, we decided to go ahead and get it done so that you know, he didn't have nagging injuries holding over him as it went into August.